0: Hey guys, do you work in emergency medicine? An absolutely crazy and intense environment where you see things every single day that most people don't see their entire lifetimes? Do you feel burned out, unappreciated, like there's nobody you can talk to about the struggles and the things that you see every day? If that's you, I want to let you know that you are not alone. Today I have a bunch of real professionals with real careers in emergency medicine that can relate to the struggles you have on a daily basis. My mission with this new format is to share stories that educate, encourage, uplift, and maybe just that you can relate to that aren't that uplifting. I mean, a lot of our stories in emergency medicine are not uplifting stories, right? But I want you to know you're not alone, and I want you to not just survive working in emergency medicine, but thrive in emergency medicine. Maybe you're a brand new EMT, paramedic, nurse, and you got criticized by a physician today, and that made you super frustrated your whole shift, you're driving home, that's all you can think about. Maybe you missed a lot of IVs today or had a super challenging patient you had to deal with. If so, this show is for you. My guests are from every walk of emergency medicine and they're here not because they have it all figured it out and they're perfect at this job, it's because they actually have a desire to help you. By the end of this episode, I hope you feel encouraged and feel like you're not alone and realize that you can succeed in emergency medicine regardless of what level of care you provide. You can leave your shift without feeling beaten down, burned out and discouraged every single day. I personally have struggled with burnout, discouragement, frustration many times throughout my 15 years in emergency medicine. My name is Aaron, I'm the host of Practical EMS. I've been an EMT, paramedic, and now ERPA. If that sounds at all of interest to you guys, please stay tuned, I'm gonna bring in my guests and we are gonna have an awesome show. So first, what I want to do is just introduce all the guests that are here, um, their backgrounds. Uh, we can just use first names, um, your credential, credentials, your length of time in emergency medicine, how you ended up, and maybe like how you got inspired to start in emergency medicine. So we can start over here since we have the awkward the uh, microphone situation. Foot. Just make sure you guys are talking right into the mic. Get
1: that beard on that camera. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, so name name, credentials, length of time in emergency medicine, how you ended up in emergency
2: medicine. Okay, I'm Casey. Um, I started in 1976, so you can do the math.
3: You're 23 with some experience.
2: Anyway, I'm a paramedic. Actually, uh, I have critical care um, experience as well uh, with flight crews and so on. Um, I work on the ambulance still but that may change. Uh, but anyway, how long have you been in emergency medicine again?
0: So 47 I, years, 47 years. Okay. 47 years.
2: okay. Yeah. Awesome.
0: I'm old. How'd you end up in emergency medicine?
2: Well, I think we've talked about this. You and I actually uh, had an ambulance, uh, company down there that, uh, they used to run out of their homes. And so one of the ambulance crews were, set of brothers that um, lived down the street from me, and I remember when I was five years old looking out my front window and watching those guys you know run code three down the street and uh, I thought, man that looks cool there's something <laughs> I don't know I, I got something weird i it's something about rotating beacons or something just <laughs> to it and um so when I got older and got into high school, my girlfriend's dad uh, actually owned one of the ambulance companies. And, um, so it was a natural progression for me to go to work for him. Um, but anyway, uh, so I worked with them and, um, and then everything just exploded out of that. My, uh, one of the guys that, uh, was the director of the emergency department, uh, in the town, he asked Another uh, EMT and, and myself, uh, the other EMT worked for the other ambulance company, but we'd gone to school together forever. Yeah. Uh, you know, grew up together and we're, we're friends. But he asked us if uh, we would be willing to go paramedic school and he would pay for it. And so we were like, Ooh, twist my said- arm. There, there weren't very many people um, there, uh, paramedics. In fact, there were no people there, paramedics. And so uh, Alan uh, Middlecamp and I. Uh, became the first two paramedics in that city yeah. nice yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. okay so, yeah all right
0: why don't you swivel the mic to Kiara here and she can answer the same question so first name credentials length of time in emergency medicine how'd you get into emergency medicine
4: all right yep my name is Kiera I am a registered nurse I've been in the emergency department my entire career which is almost seven years now
0: that's right. I forgot you're like 20.
4: Yes, that's accurate. <laughs> thank you. Yes, thank goodness. Um, throughout that time, I've been a bedside nurse, a charge nurse, trauma trainer. I love it. I got into the medical field kind of by chance, honestly. I was coming up on my senior year of high school, and I played soccer, so I was going to get a soccer scholarship, but I— Say it with your chest. oh uh, Come but I wanted to also, you know, go to college to get a degree, but I wasn't sure what that was going to be. And there was a program that if you got in, you could shadow different areas in the hospital. And my dad was the one who found that, actually. So I applied and I got in and I got to do some rotations in the hospital and only a very brief part of that was in the er and i just i loved it did you
0: say that was in high school (laughs) what was the what's the name of that program
4: learning link i did that when i was in high school yeah (laughs) oh my gosh yeah so it was amazing it's since like gone that program is gone but um but i loved it so i declared nursing and never looked back
0: very cool Mm -hmm. yeah i forgot i actually did learning link in high school there was like it was like a green polo shirt uh-huh. and white scrub pants that you, c- you could see your yes. underwear through yeah, the white yeah. scrubs. That's why people don't <laughs> really wear white scrubs. <laughs> That's you horrible. <laughs> I remember, like, shadowing in the PACU, and I was like, oh, I don't think I could do no. this. No, 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 <laughs> But, like, the ER was, like, the, the place everybody mm-hmm. wanted to be, but there was no rotations in the ER, so I didn't get to do it. That's funny, though. That
4: is really
0: cool. Hopefully you guys know me. My name's Aaron. I have been a ERPA for the last almost four years, and I was an EMT, um, and I'm still a registered paramedic. I started that back in 2008, so... I say about 15 years in emergency medicine now. I kind of ended up in medicine randomly too. I knew I wanted to do something in medicine, had no idea what. And just on a whim, somebody told me to get my EMT, didn't have a clue what that was. And so I got my EMT and I've just kind of been in love with emergency medicine ever since. And I really like the medicine side of things. And so that kind of progressed to PA school, despite the fact that I never thought I would Really go to college for any length of time because my first semester was just terrible and I was like there's no way I'm gonna do this and I've been in school for like ten years so all
3: right I'm Nathan I'm an alcoholic <laughs> Hi, you, Nathan. Here, scoot the mic <laughs> close oh, yeah. Your face. <laughs> well yeah I I've been in emergency medicine now for a dude hit nine years in September has it been that long yeah oh, dang. okay. So, I'm about to just make everything just depressing. So, the, way, the reason why I joined medicine uh, was actually for the emotional side of things. Some people call it psych. I don't like that word. So, I call it like emotional emergencies, that kind of stuff. So, I'm 27 right now. So, I have five suicide attempts under my belt. Three of them I should have succeeded. Wow. And then whenever uh, those happened, the responders, I used to live in Apache Junction. They just treated me like crap.
2: Really?
3: It wasn't me. I don't think it was you. (laughs) No, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, no. um, And whenever I went to college and we talked about those emotional stuffs, like I sat there and I asked my instructor if I could play a patient. And then I sat there and I played the whole thing. I was bawling my eyes out. Like I wanted to show them what it was like. And then I've just gotten so many questions after that of, you know, um, about bipolar depression attempts, why. Um, addiction because I used to be an opiate addict and then uh, I was an alcoholic Um, so the reason why I joined medicine was for that emotional side of things Mm -hmm. so whenever someone's at the end of the rope or they feel like they are you know I want to at least try my best to tell them like hey it can get better it's hard but you know if that person called 911 because they want to end their lives that means deep down they they don't because they dialed 911 Yeah, you know they still are looking for hope you know what i mean so i mean that's why i joined medicine
0: very cool That's amazing. yeah all right adam
3: uh, my name is adam <clears throat> i am a uh,
1: emergency room physician today board certified can't do anything else <laughs> Never, <if it> <laughs> so i started in emergency medicine i don't i don't know how to put the years together 21 years ago this year i um was a uh junior college dropout with a 1.6 GPA got thrown out of my house and was looking to open a martial arts school all, all I was really good at was was fighting was pretty cool uh, well yeah there were some pros and cons to that most of it was yeah. professional luckily but not all <laughs> <Yeah. more. laughs> yeah. um, there was a lot of drinking and partying involved and I just I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself so I thought oh, I'll just I'll teach and train people and um stay fit and maybe that'll become a career I don't know how it's going to pay the bills but I don't really know what to do with myself otherwise and I had done a couple of odd jobs other than that, mostly in the fitness industry, ran a GNC for three years and and whatnot. And I was really – I was living in Florida at the time. I had just turned 20. All, I was coming up on 21 years old, and I um, was really looking for a way to train more days a week than work. Yeah. And somebody I met was on the fire department. And I said, you know, I work 24-48s. And I went – so I could work 24 and train 48. Yeah. That I'm interested in. And I'll be outside for the most part. Okay. In Florida, near the beach. And um, so I said, How'd how'd you get into that? <clears throat> and they said, Well, you know, I was in a pretty big city. They said the city fire department here is kind of hard to get into, especially if you're just about to turn twenty-one, you don't have any connections, nobody in your family does this. It's a pretty tight knit group, you'd have to really bust your butt. And I said, Well, well, where do I start? And they said, Well, go get your EMT. I didn't even know what that was, obviously. And so I went to a condensed EMT program and then went into the fire academy and busted my butt. And, um, I was not an idiot, obviously book wise. I just failed out of college because I didn't want to be there for six months when I first got tossed out of the house and was like, well, I don't know what to do with myself. Maybe I'll just, uh. Maybe I'll go to college and I had no clue what to do with it. So I just didn't go. And that bought me a 1.6 for just withdrawals and deceness for not going. Yeah. So I thought, I don't need college. I'll never go to college. EMT is not exactly college. I don't need a degree, just a certificate. So I'll do that. And fire department, same thing, you know, six, nine months, whatever it was on the fire academy is not going to college. So I'll do that. So I did really well in both, busted my butt physically to pass the tests and got hired on like right after I turned 21 years old out of a very small group of people that got hired to this big department. And I I really, I despised the fire department. I was surrounded by a bunch of alpha males. I'll leave it at that. I like a lot of them today. I work well with a lot of them. I enjoy their company.
0: That doesn't sound right. House. A lot of alpha males in the fire department. <laughs> yeah, it was not my cup of tea. Let's right, just leave it at that.
1: Right. I got written up a couple of times for getting soaked on shift and, and threatening people. And I did, didn't fit in real well. But um, after I was there for only about three months, I remember we got a call in the middle of the night. And I was an EMT on the fire truck at the master station in this city. And it was middle of the night, 12, two in the morning, pitch black out for a rollover car accident with a bunch of kids that were racing through a gang filled area of town and flipped a couple of cars over. And I remember being the first one to jump out of the rig in bunker gear and go running over to a car that was upside down. And there was a young lady still strapped in her seatbelt upside down and the car the A, B and C pillars weren't holding it so well. And so everybody's getting stuff together to prop the vehicle up. And I remember thinking, well, there's really no point in waiting. Like she's stuck upside down. If this thing drops another foot, it's her head. And so yeah. I just crawled in through the broken window and got inside there and the Lieutenant's yelling, the car's not propped up yet. You know, there's people trying to get stuff around there. And I thought, no, this is, this is probably what should be done first. And I thought to myself, you know, as ADHD and as scattered and as discombobulated as my mind usually was, it was like the calmest scenarios. Like you have one goal, help one person do one thing. It just felt very calming and focused for an adrenaline junkie. It was like where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do. So I crawled up into this car while they're trying to prop it together and started cutting seatbelts. And I remember her yelling, I can't feel my legs and whatnot. And in retrospect, it was probably all stress and who knows. I mean, she's still seatbelted, so I'm sure she was probably fine. But in my mind, I was like, what is really happening here? And amongst all the total chaos, I thought, this is awesome. Like you might actually help somebody or you might die in the process and it's all worth it. I don't know. I just found it the most thrilling thing in the world and I didn't really care which way it went. I just wanted to be helpful in some way. So that was it. I was hooked on the medicine side of it, especially EMS. Unfortunately, about a year later, I wrecked a motorcycle real good back in my young rowdy days and I was on light duty for like six months and they threatened to have me repeat a few months of my probationary year at the fire department. I said, you can Mm. have it. And so – I walked out and I thought, how do I make a career in medicine without going to college? And that led to another four or five years of wandering, trying to avoid college. (laughs) And once I grew up at about 25 or 26 years old, I realized I'd never get anywhere in medicine at all, whether it was in the street or in a hospital or whatnot, if I didn't go to college. And right around that time, I started rooming patients and taking vital signs for a buddy of mine that was an internal medicine doctor who used to work in rural ERs. And after about six months of doing that, I wasn't making enough to pay the bills, really. And he was like, why are you, why are you here? Like, you, you reiterate everything I talk to you about in medicine, like a textbook. Like, you're obviously intelligent. Why, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm trying to avoid college. He's like, it's not going yeah. to work. So I was like, all right, maybe I'll go be a nurse. I started looking into nursing programs. And then I thought, well, this whole PA thing sounds really cool. So I started looking into PA programs. And one day that doctor sat me down. He knew me really well. We're still good friends to this day, even though he's about 25, 30 years older than me. He is one of my best friends and a mentor to me. Still lives out in Florida. He sat me down and he shocked me. He said to me one day, hey, Adam, I hear you're getting ready to pack up and apply to PA school and, and move, move out to another city to, go to get away from this rowdy crowd, go to college, get through college and apply to PA school. He said, I just want you to know if you go that whole long road, you're going to be a real asshole of a PA. <laughs> <laughs> and I was really taken aback. I thought I'm a pretty nice guy. I'm not really sure what to make of this. So, you know, we get along really well. So I was just stunned. And I said, "Well, why would you say that before I start on this whole venture? Am I going to hate being a PA or whatnot? He goes, no, no, you'll probably love it. The problem with your personality is you'll go through all this schooling, undergrad, PA education, whatnot. You'll come out and you'll have a scope of practice, you know, yay big. And one day you'll have to go to the doctor next door to ask a question. Who's got a scope of practice, just yay big. And it will absolutely infuriate you that you don't know everything yourself. And you'll be bitter about it and you'll take it out on everybody. He's like, You're, you just need to go to med school, period, I'm telling you. And I thought, boy, that's a lot of school, it sounds like. But as soon as, I, uh, as soon as I got into college and realized it wasn't high school and you could take what you like, get a degree in what you like, take courses you like for the most part, and then gear it towards getting into med school, I fell in love with being a student and was shocked so was everybody else that ever knew me, and, and then you're like, "I like school." Yeah, yeah. it's kind of surprising. Now I wish I could go back and be a student forever and not work, but you know, I'll never <laughs> be anywhere but in emergency medicine in some way, shape, or form. I still love talking to and hanging out with the medics, and the fire guys. I, I still love. Um, I ran calls with EMS all through residency just because I liked being around it. Um, yeah. You know, I, I for as many downsides as there are to working as a physician in the emergency department in the American medical system, I'd be bored out of my mind anywhere else. And there's always the hope you're actually gonna help someone each day.
0: I love it.
3: Nice. Very
0: cool. cool. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I picked all of you guys not at random, just so you know. It's <laughs> I, I've worked with all of you <laughs> like or I know your young, stories and, uh, and <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You guys are the only people that said yes. <laughs> Partially true. Um, but I know I've, I've worked with all of you guys. I know all of your various work ethic to some degree. And I know what people say about you. And that's how I ended up selecting oh you guys. Yeah, right. So, so take that for like, whatever oh, so Whatever. hate them. Is. Let's get them
3: on here. <laughs>
0: uh, so I'm kind of going to introduce kind of the central theme of this new format that we're doing um, with another little preamble here. So. The central theme of this episode series is stories. Stories are a huge part of our human experience, regardless of your profession. They help us make sense of the world. Each of us is made up of our own experiences and stories. And this is even more notable in the emergency medicine setting that we all work in, um, because we see things on a daily basis that impact us. Um, We see things that rival even the most dramatic TV depictions of the ER or the ambulance, This causes huge highs and deep lows in our own emotions and can cause us to leave work on top of the world or crushed under its weight. We have all heard the question from the new student, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen? (laughs) And uh, my typical response, I've gotten it so many times, is you name it, I've seen it, and then I just move on with my life and try not to think about it. Because that's mostly true. And mainly because all the stuff that starts running through my mind, when I'm asked that question, I just would prefer to shut out rather than dwell on a lot of those crazy things. Cause however you interpret crazy, I mean, we've all, you know, you've got that thing that runs through your mind immediately and that's not something you're going to tell the new EMT student. So I'm going to refrain from asking you all for your craziest stories, but I do want to hear stories that impacted you, educated you, made you laugh and that you're just willing to share. Too easy. (laughs) That's my little preamble. And I, I think we all have stories that come to mind I'm gonna just start with a story that I have that doesn't really have a point other than the fact that it made me invigorated, made me excited about emergency medicine. All of this stuff that anybody hears today is just our opinion only. It does not reflect any agencies we work for, hospitals we work for, any companies we work for. It's just our opinions only. Um, Like I said earlier, we've modified all these patient stories so that any resemblance to a real-life patient is just coincidental. Um, This is for educational and entertainment purposes only. There is no medical advice here, so do not use this as medical advice. Do not use this to diagnose any medical or healthcare-related conditions. My partner Joey and I, this is when I was working a 48-hour shift. Um, We were headed back to our station after a call. It was just a regular day, um, driving down the highway, and the fire department that we were working closely with on this 48-hour shift, we were always monitoring their fire channel, And they called us immediately code three. We knew they were out on an electrical hazard. They were already like pulled over to the side of the highway, working on some electrical hazard, totally unrelated to medicine. And they're calling for us immediately code three. And we're like, oh shit, what's going on here. Yeah. And a woman had pulled up with her dad. They were on the way to the hospital and we're going to call this gentleman, 53 year old James and James James was having chest pain. So she was taking him to the hospital And he went into cardiac arrest while they were at the stoplight right across from the fire department working on an electrical (laughs) hazard. And we happened to be very, very close because we were headed back from a call in their area. And so we got there within probably 30 seconds. You know, talk about being in the right place at the right time when seconds actually count, which is not on every call. You know, we all we all know that, but sometimes they actually count and we pulled up the fire department already has this guy out of the car we immediately throw him on the stretcher they're doing chest compressions and we get him loaded up immediately and i'm like oh i got to innovate this guy this is a cardiac arrest i need to get an airway and i'm like no 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 look, look at his heart what's his heart doing first so we get the pads on the patient and he's in vtac I'm <laughs> like we know what to do for this problem this is a this is something i could fix so we shot this guy <laughs> and uh, you know defibrillated this guy out of vtac and you know, the ACLS algorithm says you start chest compressions right after you defibrillate somebody. Right. So we're doing chest compressions and this guy pushes us off because (laughs) we had shocked him back into a normal rhythm. And and I know you guys can all relate. We've all seen this stuff, but it's not that common that you can actually do something like that and bring somebody back from the dead. And so that's a call I commonly think of. It just makes me feel good because I'm I was in the right place at the right time for whatever reason and the stars aligned and we were actually able to save somebody's life without, you know, losing a whole bunch of brain tissue. And, yeah. you know, this dude was able to walk out of the hospital and I'll kind of talk about maybe what I learned from that story later was as it relates to some other things, but I was able to go and see him in the ICU a couple days later. And, you know, this guy was going to have a good outcome, had a couple stents placed in his heart because he was having a huge uh, STEMI and he actually had a good outcome. But I, I like that call because it's, Uh, A very rare situation where we can actually shock someone back from the dead. You would think that that maybe happens on a daily basis if you're not in emergency medicine, but it's actually quite rare that we're in the right place at the right time, especially in the field. You know, in the hospital, all the patients are on monitors. And so when somebody goes into cardiac arrest, we're there immediately. But in the field, it's just so hard to get to a scene fast enough to actually do that sometimes. So that's kind of the initial story that I I like to tell. Um, What do you guys got? Does anybody wanna wanna start with a particular story that they have in mind?
2: I'd like to say something about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, just uh, you know, we used to have a paramedic here. Um, his name was Dutch, and he said one of the most profound things uh, once. He he said, "I just loved uh, getting into emergency medicine." He said, "and and being able to affect a change in somebody." in like five minutes yeah. he said it, yeah. it's it's abrupt and it's uh breathtaking you know and uh, so i think we've all had those those things and it just kind of makes you step back and go dang yeah, yeah that was, absolutely that was way cool <laughs> you know <laughs> and they're few and far between but yeah for uh, sure dutch dutch said that and uh, when he said that i was like yeah that's exactly right
0: yeah
3: but so then after those, the call, uh, you open the computer. Oh, I have yeah, a lot of shit to type. <laughs> yeah. For sure, those yeah. instant
1: gratification moments yeah. have yeah. got their pros and cons. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You made me think of—I <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't remember how this ended—but years ago, working a locum shift, uh, yeah. meaning covering for a hospital that doesn't have a provider out in the middle of Nowheresville, just to just to help the community out. I had an old guy who was only conscious and responsive during compressions and didn't like them. And I was like, where are we going to go with this? He'd get four or five solid yeah. thumps, enough to perfuse his brain. He'd sit up, oh, stop. stop. And the wife would look stressed out, and you'd stop, and he'd stop. Wow. And <laughs> he'd be like, oh, no, wow. we have to start, and yeah. you'd start. And he did it like five yeah. times. I don't oh think gosh. he made it, but I remember thinking, where am I going to go with Those this? Those are some effective You're chest compressions. Yeah. Between, and he literally perfused his brain enough to say, <laughs> stop it and yeah. swat and then yeah. was dead in a doornail in between. I thought, am not really sure where we're going to get.
3: I've here. heard calcium uh, overdoses does that.
1: Similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Talking, not talking. talking
0: they don't right. teach you how to handle that in school. <laughs> they don't. I
1: have seven seconds to talk to this guy who's combative and ticked off that we're thumping on his chest. And then I stop and I'm like, that'll learn you. So yeah, <laughs> where, where are we going? I had a, yeah. I
2: had a case like that, Adam, uh, a couple of years ago. And- we pulled up on scene. The fire guys were pumping on this guy, or had been, yeah. and they stopped. And I was like, "You know, what are you guys doing?" And they're like, oh, "He's in A Sicily. And I said, "Well, get on his chest." And they, went, they went, "Watch this." this and, they, our and about you know about ten seconds in, he was like, "Stop!" You know, and and he looked at the the fire guy looked at me and went watch. So I, he stopped <laughs> we go. how out he went and I was like, oh my gosh. That's this pretty is crazy. Crazy. <laughs> this this is wild. Nuts." Yeah, that's I'm not sure I've ever seen that. Right there. Yeah, yeah. It's wild. It's stressful. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, cool. um, So I mean, I've asked you guys all to kind of think of some stories that impacted you, educated you or whatever. So if anybody has a specific story, we can open the floor to uh, to that particular person and we'll listen up.
3: Yeah, so I was going to wonder, uh, do you want something funny, sad? Because I got a whole bunch of All of, of the sh- above. Oh, we got, yeah, we got plenty of those. Plenty of
0: those. Guys, I'm going to jump in here. That's the end of this episode. But we are going to continue this discussion with these same fine folks next week. So I hope you'll tune in. If you guys found this valuable, if you were encouraged by it, uplifted by it, or if it just makes it so you don't feel like you're so alone with the stuff that you have to struggle with every day, I hope you will go over to practicalems.com, join the email list for more encouraging and valuable Um, information I'll send you emails to let you know when the new content comes out Um, and of course if you subscribe on your favorite podcast player leave a five-star rating and review that is super helpful to allow me to do this I don't make any money off of it and it does cost money to produce so the more you can subscribe and uh, participate the better I am able to continue producing this thanks again guys for tuning in I hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you next week